Are you ready? Yeah, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Gen Nation fam, what is up? What is happening? It's the Gen Nation pod. We're doing the week nine DraftKings breakdown for the main slate there. And I'm not sure if anybody saw those technical difficulties at the beginning or if that was just me. But, you know, week nine slate here on a Thursday as we're as we're tilting the Packers and San Fran game. Uh, why, why not, you know, make it more interesting with some technical difficulties? Uh, the third of the podcast here, Ryan Williams, Ryan Alexander underscore W is where you can find me on Twitter. Joined by my usual suspects, usual co-host there, the godfather himself, Mr. Kevin Steele at Fantasy Ref 13. And my boy, Maddie Diggiston at Maddie DFS, a.k.a. Maddie MVS, a.k.a. Maddie Money. <laughs> What's good, fellas? How are we doing for this week? Not late. Maddie MVS, I kind of like that. I might change my Twitter handle. You might have to, dude, if he gets another touchdown in this game. What's he got, two already? He's got two already. Oh, goodness gracious. Making that money, making that money. Kev, how you doing over there, man? What you doing? You you watching the game? You tilting some lineups? What's going on? Yeah, I just wish they'd fucking give the Aaron Jones the ball on the fucking goal line. Oh, you know, Lord, just, just play with my emotions all, all three times. <laughs> That was crazy. Mercedes Lewis touchdown on the one third and goal. They're on the one again, bring them back in after Irvin's got all the run. And then they decide to pass on a, I don't know what that was bootleg, something or other with him wide open. Just so crazy. But guys, we're here to talk about the week nine slate, the main slate here as we do on DraftKings per usual. And we got episode 87 that we're getting to you guys. So let's get right into the slate. Um, We were kind of talking about it in probably one of the more, quiet weeks I felt like that we that we've had in our kind of three-man chat just about the week and and I think it goes to more so what what I was kind of talking about here is that we're starting to get into the in week nine where people feel like they know what's going to happen I feel like like there's more stuff to kind of you know deter from we're halfway through the season at this point and this is where kind of chalk weeks start to form, right? Like people are just looking, looking ahead. Kev, you're one of the biggest proponents of looking ahead. As soon as the DraftKings slate gets released, you're all over it, looking at pricing, looking at matchups. And I think a lot of people have done that so far this week. And so I think a lot more decisions are being made earlier on in the weeks now, or we're got to, we're going to start to see more decisions be made earlier on in the weeks and just kind of, okay, I know this spot's good. I know this spot's good. I know this spot's good. All right, I'm done. I made my lineup and, and I'm set for the rest of the week. And so I kind of feel like that's, that's kind of how it is. I mean, we got some very interesting games on this slate. We got some very, you know, interesting high price guys, who will carry massive ownership. And so there is going to be a way to kind of attack the slate that I don't, I don't want to say contrarian. I feel like contrarian has been just 
blown out of the water on what people do. Like some things get crazy and I'm not even talking about Tyler Croft for you, Kev. Like I'm talking about just crazy things that people are looking at spots that just aren't going to give you what you need to kind of score. And, and we're looking at these scores this year and I've been looking back at some of these weeks. I mean, 200, 220. Um, and last week was kind of that first week where with the weather where, you know, 160 was winning some tournaments. I think I saw the Wildcat, the tournament winner there had under 170, but still in some other big field tournaments, people had 200, people had 218 uh, with DK and Dalvin, which just seemed crazy on a week that not a lot of people hit. So let's talk about week nine and just kind of where you guys are at initially. And we could start off at quarterbacks if you'd like to, but Kev, I'll toss it up to you first and just, you know, kind of let me know what you're feeling on the slate. How are you feeling about it in general? Where where are you looking at for quarterbacks this week? Like where, where's going to be your edge for week nine? I like this slate quite a bit, actually. I think there's a lot of interesting games on the slate. Um, I think there's plenty of different ways you can go, whether it's the Chiefs and Panthers game, uh, which has a, a really good 52 and a half um, over under. You have games like Seattle and Buffalo with with the 55 implied or in total. You know, game like Houston, Tampa, or not Tampa. That's not on the main slate. Uh, you know, and some of these other games that I think that you know, Green Bay, Detroit. It's not it's not as sexy as it was without uh, Stafford now. Now Stafford's on the COVID list. So I think that game kind of loses a little bit of its luster. But I just think there's a lot of, you know, the, Ra- the Raiders and Chargers game, I think, is a, is a really good one. So there's a lot of games on the slate that I really like. You still feel that way too, Maddie? You like a lot of stuff on the slate, or how are you feeling about it? Yeah, I, I do like this slate a lot. There's just really only a couple spots that I really want to attack in terms of game stacks. I mean, they're pretty obvious this week. And so for me, when you've got weeks like this, <clears throat> excuse me, you got to be really cognizant of, of ownership, especially with the passing attacks. Um, because you get, you know, everybody funnels to the same games like Buffalo, Seattle is going to be very popular. So you just you just got to find ways to be different with your teams. Um, like maybe so a lot of people play Josh Allen naked or only with one guy. So, you know, be different and pair them with two two pass catchers. Just things like right. that, you know, that, that can help you. Or if like everybody's going to go, you know, Josh Allen to uh, Stefan Diggs, maybe go Josh Allen to John Brown or, you know, something like that. So just be, I think on a week like this where we've got, you know, a select few games that are, you know, are very easy to peg for shootouts and they're going to be popular for good reason. Uh, just, I always preach it, but just make sure your lineup is a little bit different from the field, but all in all, I do do like this week. That, no, that's interesting to hear because I, I usually feel like I'm the one that's kind of, you know, on the, on the same page with you guys or maybe more excited about the slate than you guys are. And I don't know. I mean, last week was kind of weird and I felt like we kind of hit on a lot of the stuff in the pod that was kind of, you know, I, I think came to fruition. I mean, the Dalvin Cook thing, we were we were kind of all over that and kind of talking about, you know, if this dude is in, he's going to carry low ownership. Nobody's going to be thinking about him. Uh, and he could end up, not, you know, not breaking the slate. I don't think any of us said that, but definitely smashing off of some of the other guys that people wanted to play, like Kareem Hunt, uh, Josh Jacobs in that same game, Derrick Henry, things of that nature. Um, and then other guys who were just, you know, like cheap chalk, like Denzel Mims was one of the highest owned, if not the highest owned receiver. Like I, that was just gross. Like I didn't want to play Jets. Rashad Higgins, like Kev was all over that. Like, don't play this dude. This guy's trash. That game is awful. Um, and, you know, if you just faded a couple spots, like you were just set up to, you know, be great. And even I saw teams that even had Jimmy Garoppolo 
um, that we're still able to make do, you know, if they played a Dalvin Cook or if they had DK Metcalf in that runback stack on the Jimmy G teams, which is crazy. He only put up two. But if you had Miami Dolphins D and those other two guys, like you were chilling, like you were cashing no, no ifs, ands or buts about it. So um, it's always nice to kind of look for pivot plays like that. But in this slate here, I really do think it starts at the quarterback position. I mean, let's talk about some of these guys. So Russ and Josh Allen going against each other in the same game, uh, two quarterbacks that are, you know, have rushing, uh, I guess, upside. If you want to say that Russell, I think he's averaging like 31 rushing yards, but still a career high for him. And it's let Russ cook season. And I'm, I'm just sick of like not starting with Russ builds and just like figuring out what I could do because this dude is just popping every week. I mean, it's insane what the Seattle Seahawks are doing to teams. They're just obliterating and, and just reaching the total every time. And they're back at a, at a total here of 29. And it's like, how do they not get there? Especially if Carson uh, is up in the air. And I think he's going to practice for the first time, possibly tomorrow on Friday, which Maddie always talks about. That's the walkthrough. So if he misses that, then he's, you know, in jeopardy. And, and maybe we can talk about DJ Dallas a little bit later, but I just feel like it starts and ends with Russ. Uh, they are on the road and he's hit as when they've been road favorites this year, he's kind of hit that implied total as well too. So that's very enticing. And then you got Josh Allen on the other side. I mean, a perfect get right spot. We love quarterbacks going against the Seattle secondary who can't stop anybody. And Josh Allen has, you know, a lot to prove started off the season strong there with, with some games and came into, you know, a couple of roadblocks there facing new England and, and another, you know, a couple other tough matchups. And now he gets Seattle and, and we'll see what he can do with the guys like Stefan Days getting John Brown back, Cole Beasley in a good spot in, in the slot here as well, too. So you you got to like that. Um, and then outside of that game, you know, I, I guess we can talk about some of these other guys I'm looking at that are carrying ownership. You got Justin Herbert going against the Raiders, you know, a spot that we can really look to attack here. Um as Herbert has just been amazing on the year, you know, putting up over 20 DK points in his matchups. He's got a narrow distribution of targets. You know where the ball is going. So easy stacks there. Um, just, just a lot to like there. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, every week, this dude is the same thing. I mean, he's 8,100 again. But just like last week, we saw what he can do. Touchdown to rep to Hardman, touchdown to Robinson, touchdown to Kelsey, touchdown to Hill. I, I mean, you know, and, and you you see guys like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and even Le'Veon Bell back, and they're not even getting to 20 touches from the running backs with, between the two of them. I think uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had nine carries or something like that, and Bell was kind of right behind him. And, it, and the Jets are good against the run, but, like, uh, these guys should be getting more than those carries. So uh, Mahomes is always in play this week. Your boy Lamar, Maddie, you've talked about him a lot this week. I don't know if you want to riff on him or if you're interested in him. But, uh, I mean, for me, it really starts with Josh. Uh, I, I think Justin Herbert right now, and this is all preliminary, but I, from the projections I'm seeing, he's coming in at second highest owned of people who are building right now. Um, Russell is the highest, and, and he's definitely my favorite on the week. Uh, but I do have interest in, in guys towards the bottom. Uh, Drew Locke from Mizzou, Kev, I, you can riff on him. You talk about the cheap quarterbacks all week. But I do have interest in Drew Locke here at Atlanta. We've attacked from the quarterback position. Teddy Bridgewater wasn't on that main slate last week. That was a Thursday night game, and he got injured. So didn't have a chance to get there. But you like what you saw with um, – you know, uh, Robbie Anderson kind of reaching there, but not scoring, but uh, DJ Moore looking good. And if, you know, Tim Patrick comes back this week, if Jerry Judy is going to be hitting a stride, no offense in a good spot. I like 
getting Drew Locke exposure. And then Matt Ryan on the other side, he's 6,400. He's going to be, you know, under owned, but everybody wants to play Julio this week. Okay. So how does Julio smash? He's Matt Ryan needs to <laughs> throw him the ball. So I, I think I, I definitely can get behind a Matt Ryan and Julio stack this week um, for lower ownership guys. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at this week. Uh, Kev, where, where are you at? Any low owned guys outside of Drew Locke that you're looking at that could be in play here? I mean, I mean, in terms of low owned guys, I mean, I haven't looked at ownership yet this week, so I'm not exactly sure. But I do. I will say some of the guys that I do like is um, is really going to start with that that Raider and Charger game. Like whether you want to play Derek Carr or you want to play Herbert, I, I assume Herbert is probably going to be chalked this week because of this matchup against the Raiders. And Herbert has yeah. just balled this year. Um, his last four games, he's he's really. Uh, he's like four fantasy points away from being the QB one over that span, putting up the most fantasy points. Um, he's second in uh, fantasy points per drop back as well. Um, the dude just played out of his mind. He's one touchdown behind having the most passing touchdowns, but he's also done it in one less game than uh, a couple of these guys that have, uh, he, he's already had his buy. So it, he's been really impressive with what he's been able to. He's also been pretty good on the ground as well. He has over hundred rushing yards over his last four games and a rushing touchdown as well. So there's a lot to like with Justin Herbert, but I do like Derek Carr as well as a little bit of leverage off of him because I think that getting to Derek Carr, I think you stack him uh, with, with Darren Waller. I, I think I think it makes some sense if you want to take a shot on like a Henry Ruggs or something like that as as another option there in the offense. It's kind of the deep threat, but um, I do like Derek Carr quite a bit at fifty seven hundred. I think that's too cheap for what he's been able to do the last couple of weeks. Um, or not, barring last week, past that, I think he's had four of his last six games were um, at least twenty fantasy points. So um, there's lots of like there with him. If you're wanting to pay up, there's a lot of options this week. You know, you start mm-hmm. with Mahomes at eighty one hundred. Uh, I'm not sure where he's coming in ownership wise, but if he's going to be lower than some of these other guys, because I think people are going to want to play Kyler, they're going to want to play Russ, um, even Deshaun Watson or Josh Allen, I think are all guys people would rather play probably than paying up to that top tier for Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, we're getting some news now out of Kansas City that probably leads to more where this game could be a little bit closer because the Chiefs right now could be without Frank Clark. He's dealing with a back injury. And then Chris Jones got placed on the COVID list today. So those are two top pass rushers. And I don't really yeah. don't know where they're going to get pressure from because their linebacking core is terrible. Their pass defense, their, their, their front is probably, you're looking at guys like Taco Charlton, K-Pass, um, Tano Passigno. You know, he's a decent pass rusher, but he's nobody that like strikes fear into defense. I think Alex Okafor is still, still out. So uh, we're going to find out, one, how good the secondary actually is. Because whenever, you know, obviously, you know, one of the most important things for a secondary is being able to get pressure on a quarterback. Now, if they can't get pressure on 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 Teddy Bridgewater, I think then this becomes a little bit more of a shootout. And I think this is a game that people are probably going to not have as much ownership. I, I see a lot of one-offs coming from this game. But – so I do like Patrick Mahomes quite a bit. I think you can stack him with Tyreek. McCole Hartman, we saw him uh, you know, finally get truly involved in this offense last week. Played over 60% of the snaps, um, had nine targets. Uh, should have been a little, even a little bit better of a game, but you know. So I think you can play. You know, you can run him. Travis Kelsey's always in play. So I do like playing Patrick Mahomes if you're wanting to pay up. Especially, I, I do think that he's probably going to be a little bit lower owned than some of these other guys. But there's just a lot of quarterbacks that are really good spots this week. I think running back is actually not as uh, attractive. I think this week than it is for the pass catching or for the for the passing games uh, this week because there's a lot of these quarterbacks up top that I really do like. 
Yeah, and, and I, I can't wait to talk about running backs too, Kev, because that's kind of what dictates, I mean, chalk, right, is is people who feel comfortable about finding the running backs who they can play and feel comfortable with and then getting exposures to the different passing options and trying to trying to get that right. Maddie, where, where are you at with quarterbacks this week um, so we can talk about something exciting in the running backs? I it's re- Like I said, it's really hard for me to get off that Buffalo-Seattle game. I just don't see a way that that game doesn't shoot out. And I mean, it's the highest total game of the week. It's only a three-point spread. Um, it's in Buffalo, and I checked the weather already, so we don't we don't have any weather issues to worry about. <laughs> okay, sunny, okay. sunny, and, sunny, and sixty-five degrees, so with no wind, so we're good to go in Buffalo this weekend. Um, good. It's that game is just. I mean, you've got two dangerous quarterbacks, and I, and I know the the Bills have been running a little bit more than they did to open up the year, which has kind of led to you know lower passing numbers for Josh Allen. But at the same time, Josh Allen, when they've run the last couple of weeks more, he's been a big part of the running game. Like his his attempts have gone up from like the four attempt per game range, and then mm-hmm. he's now up to like eight, and then you've seen double digits as well. So. Um, I really do like Josh Allen. I think this is a spot where, you know, the Bills aren't going to really be able to run the football and they're going to have to throw to keep up with Russ on the other side. So, um, yeah, I, I think Allen is going to be a priority for me. Uh, it's looking like he could be really popular, so that may change. I'm not sure how I feel about a really popular Josh Allen. Um, I may end up playing just going to the other side of that game and playing Russ and, and being different that way if that ends up being the case uh, for only 600 more. But, like Kev said, I do like Mahomes as well. Um, the, the the pass rushers being out for Kansas City is a big deal for for Mahomes because that means Carolina is going to be able to score on the other side. Uh, Teddy should be able to keep it close. Uh, they get McCaffrey back, which we'll talk about. Yeah, yeah I, I really like that game as well. The other game that I think is interesting that I don't know what I'm doing with yet, I may just end up playing Allen Robinson as a one-off, but I, I really like Nick Foles this week. I mean, Tennessee has gotten shredded through the air this year. Um, they've given up a ton of yards and touchdowns to the quarterback position. I want to say it's 1,900 yards and, and 17 touchdowns to opposing QBs in only seven games. So you're looking at a lot of production from the quarterback position. Nick Foles is throwing the ball 40 times a game. Um, he's 5,500. He's cheap. He allows you to fit in all those high-priced running backs that we're going to talk about, um, and you know essentially where he's going with the ball. It's it's Allen Robinson and it's Darnell Mooney. So it, it is a very easy stack to get to. Um, and Tennessee, you're on the other side. I mean, you've really got three options. Derrick Henry, uh, which you can run on Chicago, and Henry's going to check in around 3% owned this week. So uh, he, you know, he kind of falls in that Dalvin Cook bucket of um, – a stud running back who's going to see massive volume in a, in a somewhat decent matchup and nobody's going to play him. So if you're looking to be different, I, I kind of like the Chicago Tennessee game. Um, I think that game has sneaky shootout potential. Uh, it's, you know, Chicago has played good defense this year, but I think Tennessee's offense is good enough um, to be able to force Chicago to have to keep throwing the ball. Uh, and I don't think Foles throwing 40 times a game. I don't think that goes away. And I do want to say, with how popular James Conner is this week, I think Big Ben in turn- large field tournaments is a very, very good leverage play on the field. Yeah. Um, I, obviously, James Conner, we'll talk about him. He is probably the best point per dollar running back on the entire slate. Um, but Pittsburgh does weird things, you know, little quick passes to Claypool at the one yard line, like little yeah. things like that. Like Big Ben could easily throw four or five touchdowns here and 
it's it's just such a good leverage spot because I expect Connor to be in the top three owned running backs, and usually when that happens, the quarterback's slow owned. So um, just wanted to, to throw that out there for large field tournaments. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that's one of the reasons I was excited to talk about running back because of the Connor situation, especially. Um, I mean, so we also Kyler Murray's coming off a bye here. He's going against Miami. Miami, you know, looked great last week against Goff. This is not Jared Goff. This is Kyler Murray, who's been hitting hitting 30 points on DraftKings because of what he offers from rushing upside. And if they are able to get pressure and kind of make it hard for him to get downfield with the outside corners that they have there, um, you know, this could be a, a really sneaky spot for, for Kyler to kind of get something, you know, get something going here. I mean, that was kind of the thing last week that I liked playing Miami because they do get pressure. They do have tough corners. And like, if Goff is, having to make decisions. He's just going to stay back there. And they were able to take advantage of that, like able to exploit him on that. So um, I, I do have interest in, in Kyler here. I saw that kind of come up in the chat. I wanted to see how you guys felt about him being on the afternoon site there. Um, and at that price tag of 7,100, I believe. What, uh, what are you guys doing with Deshaun Watson? Because I, w- I want to play him. The <laughs> matchup's really good, but the whole right. no, no Gardner Minshew thing really concerns me. Um, we don't have data on the pass rates for Houston when they lead by more than one touchdown because they've only had two, two passing attempts this year. But, I mean, they've only had two attempts, but they and it's been a 29% pass rate. So I guess they have kind of, you know, just run the ball when they got up. Um, but, I mean, it is a really good spot for Watson. and But you're paying a premium for him, and you really need him to smash. And it seems like he smashes when he's playing from behind, and, and he's kind of – you know, in, in that catch up mode, I'm just kind of curious because of how good the matchup is. Are you guys playing him? And if you are, are you going to run it back with a, a Jags guy or? Well, so here, here's my thing with Deshaun and, and Kev, you feel free to chime in if, if you differ, but I don't play Deshaun when he's popular. Like I, I just don't do it. It just, it always feels like, I don't want to say a letdown spot, but we just had this Jags matchup last time. And I guess he did, you know, he did kind of get there, right? Like, I know people want to play David Johnson too, and he was doing, you know, crazy shit in the fourth quarter to kind of get his point totals up. But, you know, he had the touchdown to Fuller late. Cooks was eating in that game. So he did get there. But like you said, Maddie, it was kind of competitive. So we don't know kind of how Houston is going to run here um, against Jake Lutton. I mean, I don't really, I don't see them blowing them out because that's just not how Houston has been able to operate business this year, but mm-hmm. it just kind of wants, you know, when is that much uncertainty there? And I don't really like, you know, much from the other side of that game. Like I just got to stay away from it and I will be taking shots. I'm probably, you know, it's hard to play Will Fuller without Deshaun, but I definitely think, you know, you can take shots on Brandon cooks uh, without Deshaun definitely in that game. And um, that's probably where I'm looking to lean right now. So it, it'll come down to popularity. If he's, you know, top five owned quarterbacks on the slate, I'm probably, you know, not really going to have much of them. But if I start to see that people are really, you know, maybe Ben Roethlisberger moves up a little bit, Kyler moves up a little bit, Lamar moves up, Matt Ryan moves up, and, and he starts to get suppressed, then I'll have some interest. I think I'm in the same boat. I was just curious what you guys take on on that situation was because with, with Minshew in, it would be a completely different story. Right. Well, I mean, they said. I mean, I, I could all be coach speak, but I mean, the they they said that they're actually planning on opening up the offense with Jake Lutton, and they're gonna they want him oh, to God. air it out. Is what they said this week. 
Jeez. which is like it's like it didn't really it doesn't really compete with me with a, with a quarterback that's never played yeah. a single NFL game. But that's what they said. They said they they, they want they're, they're wanting to have him throw the balls uh, as much as he can. And I'm going to open up the offense for him. I'm going to make Jake Lutton burn me. Yeah, right. yeah, oh well, yeah. But I, I'm just saying, like, I, I just thought that that, that I, that's something that I was not expecting here. You usually don't say that uh, about a rookie quarterback who's never played an NFL game. So um, that, that's what you're looking to do. But who knows? I don't know. Um, but so yeah, I, I just thought that was interesting with that. I, I do think that that game could be really interesting, and I think maybe people. Will, that's embarrassing. I knew it was going to come up. I knew it was going to come up. Gosh, that was, he just uh, made that man just broke his ankles anyway. Yeah. So I, I mean, so, so that, that's kind of where I come in with that, but I, I do like James Robinson a little bit. I know we'll get to a running back and I do think David Johnson's in play as well once we get there, but I know we didn't really talk about it, but I do think Drew Locke is also a really interesting play at his price. Um, I think that it's, it's kind of a, a low owned stack or a, a cheap stack that, that you can also get to with Noah Fant and, you know, a guy like Jerry Judy, I think that, you know, the, the, the Falcons offense has been terrible so far they've allowed the most passing touchdowns to quarterbacks, uh, the most passing yards or yeah, the most passing yards to quarterbacks. They've just been awful right. uh, against, against past defenses. All right. So, um, you know, Previous weeks, the Drew Locke really didn't look good, but then all of a sudden, I don't know, something something clicked with them in the second half of last week's game, and hopefully that kind of gets their passing offense going. But I really like Drew Locke quite a bit. Yeah, I like that call too. I don't know why Atlanta has kind of slowed down the last couple of weeks, but, I mean, the defense is bad enough that Locke can be efficient, and he only, he's only 5,200, and his pass catch, catching options are really cheap too. I mean, Judy's 47 and Fant's 46. So, I mean, you're getting a three-man stack there for less than 15K. Right. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely enticing. I mean, that the matchup has just been so good all season. Um, it, there's what's not to like. So and the running back situation is a joke there in Denver. So yeah. definitely like that. Um, let's see. Is there anything else I want to touch on here? Uh, yeah, I mean, Maddie, I, I, I do have some that's that's kind of ballsy of you to make that Nick Foles call there. That's going to be interesting to kind of circle back on it. Well, I think it makes sense because there. if you look at Tennessee, Tennessee's defense has just been atrocious. They haven't gotten pressure all yeah. year. Now mm-hmm. they they uh, released Vic Beasley, so not that he was doing anything special, but they've been terrible at getting pressure on quarterbacks. And and to be honest with you, they've allowed at least two passing touchdowns in every game since week two. So, um, right. but their pass defense has been terrible. So this could be a good right spot for um, the Bears passing offense. So. Right. And, and in a position to throw, I mean, if Derrick Henry goes nuclear and we can, you know, kind of segue into running backs there. But like, I mean, how many position, how many times have the Bears been in situations to be forced to throw, you know, so the passing volume should be there. I mean, Allen Robinson, I, I mean, and Mooney, I guess, to a certain extent, we'll see what's going on with Anthony Miller. He's been kind of banged up. Uh, but, you know, both of these guys find themselves in, in great spots. We know uh, not Miller uh, Robinson's going to see. 12 targets minimum uh, in this game. So it's a, it's an interesting stack there. Go ahead, Kev. No, I was just going to say, and I also like David Montgomery in this game too. So I think it's also a really good matchup for him. So I uh, like for okay. me, like, I feel like uh, at least the running back, I guess if we want to, I don't know if we're gonna, ready to jump to running back or not, but yeah, like, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. I, I have just found myself in terms of running backs this week, like really want like kind of living when I'm building lineups in that low six, to you know, the 5k range i think there's a lot of uh, good value there at running back this week and wow okay um you know I, I, 
if I if, if I can fit in one of like a Dalvin Cook or a Christian McCaffrey, I'm going to. But I, I'm not forcing it in either of, of, of forcing myself to do that because I really like some of the the, the, the high priced quarterbacks this week, which typically I like to pay down at quarterback. But there's just such so many good, really good matchups there. It's hard to ignore. But I really like David Montgomery against Tennessee. He's only 5700. Like I said, David Johnson is definitely in play at 5600. I think people really won't want to play David Johnson. But David Johnson, I, I second in routes run among running backs. Uh, so a lot of the data is there for him. It's just he hasn't, you know, they, they, the, necessarily the targets haven't come. But in a matchup against Jacksonville, like I do really like David Johnson this week. I don't think he has like a monster ceiling in him. But at his price, he doesn't really need to. I mean, I, I think if you get 20 points out of David Johnson at 5,600 to save you some some uh, some salary, I think that does uh, make some sense. And then, I really like Antonio Gibson as well at 5,800. I think he's still too cheap coming off the bye and, you know, his pass catching upside and everything there. So the, these like 5K running backs, I think are interesting. And I also like Clyde Edwards Hilaire at 6,100 because I think a lot of people are going to be off him because the last two weeks that the, the volume has been down and he's only had eight and six carries each of the last two weeks. But what people aren't going to factor in is the Chiefs were fucking blowing the fucking doors off the Broncos and the Jets. They didn't have to do any of that. They didn't have to run. The, the game was basically over in both those games by halftime, and so they, they, they didn't really give him much opportunity because they didn't need to. He still ran 24 routes last week, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, if you're not getting exposure to Patrick Mahomes, I think you can get exposure to this offense through Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 6,100, and I just don't think he's going to have any um, ownership, and we know that the Panthers have been terrible against the run this year. So, I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire actually is also a, a really nice, you know, play at sixty-one hundred. I, I love that, Kevin. We very rarely agree on on this podcast, but um, so that makes me kind of concerned. Maybe I'll maybe I'll have to hedge off somebody. But uh, no, I, I love going back to Ch. I mean, this was you know, last week. People want to play. I mean, the one thing that the Jets do well is play the run on defense, and people wanted to play Bell in the revenge game. And I'm a narrative guy, and I you know, had like 2% of Bell just in case he went off. I was like, let me put him on, you know, a lineup that I feel good about. But I wasn't interested. And the same thing with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like at that price, wasn't interested. And I mean, if Carolina has shown us anything on defense, it is that they are going to protect against the pass and they're just going to give up whatever on the run, you know? And so they're going against Patrick Mahomes this week. And I feel like this is going to be a perfect spot for them to establish the run game, you know, against this team where, you know, it, it might be, I'm not going to say that Tyreek Hill can't get loose on them and Kelsey can't get loose on them and Robinson and Hartman can't get loose on them, but their easiest path to put up points is going to be to establish the run here. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in the red zone, Kev, because I think a lot of the touchdowns from Kansas City have actually come outside the red zone and in the red zone, Clyde edwards Hilaire isn't converting those. So that does kind of temper my expectations there. But just when I'm when you you're talking about that range and I'm looking in that range and I'm like, damn, you know, like I love playing Clyde edwards Hilaire. He's eight hundred dollars cheaper than James Conner who's going to be so much more popular than him in that matchup against Dallas. So um, it's, it's definitely, you know, a, a play that I like as far as ownership goes. I mean, the matchup speaks to it. It, it just makes a ton of sense. So I, I agree. I agree there. Um, Maddie, are you just as bullish on Clyde Edwards-Alaire or are there other spots that you're getting to this week? Because I will say that I I'm very interested in paying up. Like I, I don't like anything, really cheaper than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this week. I'll, I'll say that. 
As far as cheaper than Clyde, I, I do like the David Johnson call. Um, you know, we just kind of talked through how we don't know how Jacksonville keeps that game close. Um, and this should really be the first time all year that Houston plays with the lead and Johnson's getting, you know, the 15 to 20 rush attempt uh, per game, even when they're trailing. So, you know, I could see him, if you told me he got 25 carries this week, I would not be shocked. As far as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I, I do think that he's a great pivot off of, you know, playing Mahomes. I am concerned about the bell usage mixed in, but I guess you're, there's, you know, there's a handful of running backs this week who have the upside to go for 100 yards and, and multiple touchdowns. So uh, if you feel like Edwards, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can get you there um, to that mark, which, I mean, the matchup is definitely favorable enough, but he's going to need – probably 15 or more carries to get over a hundred yards um, unless he breaks off a really long one. But I mean, right. he, he does have the red zone usage. Um, he can definitely, and we haven't seen him punch one in close yet this year, except maybe in week one, but I mean, he's due. They keep giving it to him down there, but he just doesn't score. Uh, right. so I, I like the call. It's probably, that's probably more so for me for uh, better in a large field tournament. Um, where he's going to have no ownership and, you know, you're, you're really trying to get massive leverage on, on a lot of people. Um, but I think, you know, in these smaller fields, you can go with like Chase Edmonds and, and James Conner and eat the chalk there and just kind of, you know, be different with your stacks, your passing, passing stacks. But I, I don't know how you don't play Chase Edmonds at 6,800 against Miami, who is a, a run funnel defense. Um, you know, this is the same exact spot last yeah. week. We were all over Daryl Henderson. Um, yep. And the Rams, they just had a, you know, a fluky outcome where, you know, they gave up a defensive touchdown and all of a sudden they're down by seven and then they punt again and then it's a punt return touchdown. And now they're down by 14 and they had to basically abandon the run at that point um, on top of Henderson getting hurt. So that, that didn't help as well. But I mean, he was averaging almost five yards of carry uh, in that first half. So the matchup is definitely good for Chase Edmonds. And, you know, we've talked about how he's the better running back in Arizona all year. We've been waiting for him to get his opportunity over Kenyon Drake. Um, you, you obviously hate yeah. to see people get hurt. You never want it to be because of that. But um, Edmonds, is he's going to be way more efficient than Drake is in that offense. And Drake over the last couple of weeks has played really well in terms of fantasy points scored. So, uh, yeah, I, it'll be really hard for me to get off Chase Edmonds this week, uh, especially below 7K. Um, him and James Conner, I, I think they're they're the obvious plays, but I think they're the best point per dollar plays at the running back position. Um, I mean, you look at the Eagles' defense; everybody's or everybody's run on Dallas this year. And you look at the Eagles' offense last week. Boston Scott was just picking up chunks after chunks after chunks on the ground, and then the Eagles are like, "Okay, we're just going to let Wentz throw the ball." And it's like, "What? Are you, right. not, are you not watching your run game just run all over Dallas?" So, um, which we know Philly is a, they want to throw the ball first. Um, that's, that's just kind of their, their MO. Uh, whereas, you know, you got Pitt, they, they will throw the ball, but I mean, they're not going to rank near the top of the top of the league and they rank one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They rank about 10th in the league, 10th lowest in pass rate when they're up by more than, uh, seven points. So, um, once they get ahead early, Big Ben's, you know, he's going to he's gonna cut back a little bit. Uh, it's going to be the James Conner show in Dallas. So I really like Conner this week. And then just to touch on, I had no interest in Dalvin Cook until Matt Stafford got ruled out. 
because I don't see how yep. Detroit scores points and Minnesota should play this game from in front. But at the same time, I really like the Derrick Henry pivot at 7,900 in tournaments. Uh, Chicago actually ranks dead last in explosive run rate allowed. They have yep. given up. They have given up 38 explosive runs this year, which is 17%, and is dead last behind Cincy, who we attack every week on the ground. So I, I think big plays are in store for Derrick Henry, um, and we know the volume is going to be there as well. So uh, I think he's a great tournament pivot off of uh, a very, very chalky Dalvin Cook after last week. Um, but Dalvin Cook, I think, is a good play as well. Yeah, Derrick Henry, home favorite. Uh they're they're favored by four in that game. It just it just seems like a, a great spot there. And you know, I, I think we need to talk about these guys because I, Kev, I was surprised to hear you you know not bring up Josh Jacobs. And we've gotten into conversations about this too. I don't want to riff too long on this, but just the guys who do get the volume, but like what is their ceiling, so to speak? And like so, Josh Jacobs last week he had thirty one touches or you know thirty one carries probably. More touches. I don't know if he saw a target or not, um, but I know 31. He had 12.8 DraftKings points, 128 yards, 12.8. That's all he got. And, you know, 31 touches or 31 carries, that's insane. Like, that dude should be popping in. Like, you look at a guy like Henry, Henry gets 31 carries. Like, he, he's going bananas. Like, I'm not going to say 200, but he's getting 150. Like he's probably at least getting a score, if not two. And like, we know what his ceiling is that he offers. And so, you know, when you're looking at these guys, like if you're not playing Dalvin Cook, I, I want somebody who can break the slate for me at running back because it happens every week. You know, you got to have that guy who kind of gets 30 plus. And Henry has proven time and time again that he can do that. And he's definitely done it as a home favorite. I think his past uh, like four out of his five best games as a home favorite, he's gotten at least 20 DraftKings points, um, a, a couple 30 burgers, and I think one 40 burger in there. So you know he can hit that ceiling. And I bring that up to say the same thing about James Conner too. Like I really do get concerned about J- playing game- James Conner because this guy, you know, he never gets really over that 25 to 27 touch threshold and whether that's because they want to save him or whether that's because, you know, they're, you know, winning and they just don't need him, whatever the case may be. Like you can go back and look at this dude's game logs, like for the past two years. And I know Ben was out last year. So maybe we throw that out, but like he kind of just consistently, you know, he gets 20, 21, he'll get maybe a hundred yards and score a touchdown. And that's kind of like it. Like we don't see those two touchdown, three touchdown games from him or 200 yard gains from him. And so I'm looking at this and saying like, yeah, Connor probably could go out there and maybe get 20 or 22, but I'm looking at cook who's, you know, significantly more expensive, but Henry, you know, you're only paying a thousand dollars more and like he could get you legit 10 to 20 more points. Like, and it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be crazy. And so even though the matchup's good, I just wonder about the volume. This team is undefeated. They're going against Dallas here, a a team that they think they can beat handedly. Like, who's to say they don't bring in Snell? Who's to say they don't try and, you know, spell him and rest him up if they're winning this game? Kind of like what the Packers just did to Sam Fran. And that's kind of what concerns me on DraftKings to see him at that high of a price total. Like, they're really not going to need to pass to him. And if he's only going to get maybe 115 yards and a touchdown. Like I just really don't see 
the upside there to win, you know, tournaments in a big field, maybe single entry like Maddie. I think, he, you know, he's safe there because you, you know, you get those points and feel good about it. But, you know, if you're playing in the milli or three maxes or, you know, 20 maxes and you want to get leverage, like I, I think definitely taking a guy like Henry over Connor and, and even CEH over Connor um, to get exposure to the KC game because the ownership will be there. Um, I just had to riff on that because that's just kind of my thoughts about it. And I know we talked about running backs who kind of, you know, don't don't really hit hit that ceiling that you're looking for. Um, so. Well, I think, I mean, if, if you're wanting to pay up for, so if, you're, if we're wanting to pay up for the, some of these high-priced quarterbacks and get some exposure to these passing offense, I, th- I think the, the, the other way to do so is there's actually, I mean, a few, I think, 4K running backs that uh, definitely – should be mentioned that are definitely 100% in play. And one, one of them is Justin Jackson at 4,900. I think he is the RB one in the backfield. Um, He has definitely looked the best. He, he took kind of took over this backfield last week. Joshua Kelly is dust and Justin Jackson is also involved in the passing game. So at 4,100, you know, uh, I I think that he is a, uh, a strong play at 4,900. And then I also think that, um, all right, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, ju- we just had to take care of some business in the chat. No problem. No problem. Yeah. And so anyways, and then I think the other one is JK Dobbins. Um, I know people are not going to want to play JK Dobbins because they're playing the Colts. I'm not, a, I'm not afraid yeah. one bit of the Colts defense. Um, I know people, you know, talk about them. Like they're like, you know, one of the best defenses in the league. They're not. Um, it has been largely due to their schedule. And I think J.K. Dobbins kind of, you know, we saw it last week with him. You know, he he, he finally got the opportunity. Mark Ingram's definitely going to be out. Um, I would like to see him uh, utilize a little bit more in the passing game, but they ran the ball 47 times last week. He still ran 21 routes last week, which is the most he's run all year, but he only saw two targets. But they've just run the ball so, so, so often. I just don't think you have to do that. So, um, or, so they didn't really have to pass the ball. So, I love J.K. Dobbins at this price. I think it's way too cheap, and I think he has twenty-five point upside, uh, you know, in him. And so at, at forty-nine hundred, I just don't know if 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 I want to play somebody like Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook, then I think you know I'm going to have to play somebody like J.K. Dobbins, and I really don't hate it at all. I, I think he's one hundred percent in play, um, you know. So I think both of them are are, are definite uh, options, you know, for me when I'm building. What uh? What do we think McCaffrey's snap share is? Like, does he uh, get a full workload? Yeah, I, I, I think he does. I, I I don't think so. I don't even think rest of the season you see this the type of crazy workload that he saw before. Um, I don't think you're going to sit here and see him where he gets 95, you know, percent of the snaps and all that stuff anymore. I think you see him probably come in somewhere in the 70 percent range. I don't think that changes this week. I think he comes out and, and they, they play him his full allotment of snaps that they're planning on playing him. Uh, he's practicing full. He's, he's back. He's been practicing. So he came back, started practicing last week. So uh, I don't think that's really a concern. The only question, I guess, for him is, you know, is he going to have any, any issues like we saw from, you know, Saquon, for example, um, whenever he came back last year from that high ankle sprain, he didn't really look the same for at least, you know, two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see there. But and it also should be mentioned with Christian McCaffrey that when he was playing, he was only on pace for like 56 receptions. Now, it's also a really small sample size for him. <laughs> and small, it's also – and, 
it's also he's still crushed in the two weeks that he played. I mean, yeah. he still did great in the two weeks they played. And eighty five hundred is significantly cheaper than the ten k that we were paying, the ninety five hundred dollars that people were paying for him. So eighty five hundred Christian McCaffrey, I think, is really hard to get away from against a defense that really has struggled against the run um, a, a lot this year. So right. you know, I I do think like. Really, if I had the option, like I don't know where Christian again, I don't know where Christian McCaffrey's uh, where is his ownership coming in at. Uh, let me pull it up because if it's low and if, like if Dow, I assume Dalvin Cook is much much higher than what Christian McCaffrey okay. is. Oh, it's yeah, it's. I will uh, play Christian McCaffrey all day, twice on Sundays over Dalvin Cook at that price. They are so close in price. I get the matchup. For Dalvin I Cook. mean, what McCaffrey gets? What thirty five points instead of forty five? Because he plays seventy five percent of the snaps instead of ninety. Well, well, yeah, I guess, yeah, but I, 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 I think as a leverage play, well, yeah. I guess I should say, uh, off of Dalvin Cook, or everybody willing to play Dalvin Cook, and if nobody wants to play Christian McCaffrey at only three hundred dollars more, like I'll take that risk. So it's uh, the first tier of ownerships is Chase Edmonds, Josh Jacobs, and Dalvin Cook are the three highest. They're projected wow. in tier one. Then you've got. James Connor behind them. Behind Connor is Robinson, and then the next tier around ten percent. McCaffrey's in that one. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair too, and and I I agree. I mean, if it gets under ten percent, I, I definitely. Derrick Henry like is three percent. McCaffrey, uh, that's that's egregious. That is egregious. Bring that back. Bring that. I mean, Henry's back. Henry's um, got three touchdown upside every time he steps on the field. He there's, does, there's, but, it, but it's not a good matchup. Yeah, the, the Bears well, run the, They rank they What are you talking about? They give, they give up. They get dude, shredded Kev. on the ground. Kev, tr- uh, uh, dude, listen, <laughs> I defer to you. I defer to you on KC shit. I don't say shit. I, you're the, I let you talk about your team. I watch this team every fucking week. They cannot tackle. They give up plays in bunches. Like this is this is bananas, and especially when you're talking about a guy with volume too, which they haven't they haven't had to play against the running back um, who sees the type of volume that Henry has in, in a little bit. So I mean, this is going to be a rude awakening uh, for this defense that they can't get together. Who who's missing some pieces on D? I mean, the the front seven has has kind of you know been banged up. Uh, with Mack and, and Akeem only being the real pieces who have been there. But, like, Roquan Smith has been terrible, terrible, terrible at tackling guys in the open field. And so, like, it, it, I mean, how many times has Henry made people miss? And so I think that people see the Bears' defense and they, you know, they're like, damn, the Bears' defense, they kind of hold them in games. Like, this is a tough defense. And and they do because they've limited so much, uh, so much of the passing you know, weapons and the wide receiver weapons, like the secondary has played, you know, pretty, pretty decent. So we're happy with that, but the front seven is going to get abused. You know how much, you know how much Derek Henry will have this week? Zero. Oh God. Motherfucking zero. Okay. (laughs) Hey, no motherfucking way. I will never, I'm not playing Derek Henry. I'm not playing at all. Stick stick to that brand. Stick to that brand. I, I, I will. I, I can't play Derek Henry. You don't catch passes, you don't wind up on my team. That's fine. That dude still puts up 30 and 40, not catching passes. He's the, the, one the two or three times all year. The, that's where, the two or three times all year, they, they or the, the two times all year that he'll burn hey. me, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Oh, winter's coming, baby. Winter's coming. This is when <laughs> Derek Henry shines. November is on the calendar. Derek Henry's got to go for like 20 – He's gonna go for like twenty fantasy it's, points. You trying to predict? You trying to predict now points? Yeah, he's, he's he's gonna have like hundred and ten rushing yards. 
Oh my God, Kev. He legit has three touchdown upside. That's that's yeah, where his down. value is. Hundred and ten rushing yards. He scored a <laughs> He has scored a touchdown in every game since week three, and three of he's those games he scored two. Ninety pounds. Of course, he's gonna get every goal and fucking opportunity. Just like, all he has to do is fall fucking forward. If hey. I'm just saying, he scores three touchdowns. You don't even need yards, and he's at twenty points. That's it, and that's all. That's all the upside he's got. And heaven forbid uh, they fall behind. Be, oh, here we go. Be if they fall behind, they still giving them the damn ball. What you mean? How are they gonna fall behind <laughs> to the Bears? The, I think the the watch out. The the Bears are gonna hey, come out and just I, smack no, that ass. To be honest, Henry, bear down, Henry, bear down, Henry, baby. Henry. To, be, to be honest, I think that's a really really sneaky game stack. Like it, I probably only play Henry and then run it back with Foles and Allen Robinson on the other side. Because if Henry smashes, yeah. then I think Foles can get there as well. Will, Will, See, listen. Will, you, no, you, you no, tried to talk be, shit last week. Okay? Will, no, 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 no. Don't no. lock in Henry. I'm not saying that. No, Henry Henry is no, only 3% owned is the thing. Is You just we'll have to in. just have more than 3% is, is all I'm asking. Get, get, like, get like 5 or 10% Henry and you're good. You're good. The well, field only has three. Don't be scared. Don't don't let the seventy degrees in the Midwest fool you. Will winter's still coming, baby. He's going out there. He's going. He's going. To only fish. Only but fish I'll, play. Derrick Henry. Okay. Oh, stop remember that. Oh Okay. On the wide receivers. Love you, Elliot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> before we move on to wide receivers, though, I will say just to bring up that point, Mattias, There's no reason why Josh Jacobs should be in the top tier of ownership. They're the same and Henry's three percent. That is that, that is insane to me. That's just ridiculous. So if people are willing to play Josh Jacobs and not Henry, that I, I no, there's, I don't a, there's a difference in price. One dude, thirty one seventy nine hundred. The other one's sixty three hundred. One hundred and twenty eight yards. Twelve DraftKings points. Stop it. <laughs> I understand that, get but if I could out. get that, but if but if but if I could get the same guy who has a, who actually is involved in the passing game, by the way, uh, in Josh Where, Jacobs, where are his targets? Where are his targets at? At sixty three hundred. He ain't got three since like week sixty three percent owned. <laughs> he ain't gonna be no sixty three percent. No, he's gonna be like twenty five, and you're gonna be mad. Why did I play no pass catching Josh Jacobs? And He'll end up being like fifteen percent on eighteen. I love getting heated. We're, we're gonna toss this up, but Maddie, I do like the Chase Edmonds call, and I will say for people that wanted to play Madison on Madison Week, whenever that was, Week Six or Week Seven, I can't remember because he was the backup. And it was a smash spot, but they didn't want to play the seven thousand dollar price tag. Do not be discouraged about the price tag on uh, Chase Edmonds this week at sixty eight hundred. Because I've seen a lot of chatter already, like, "Oh, I don't want to pay sixty eight hundred for Chase Edmonds." What? Like, have you seen this dude? Like, Drake is dust. Uh, you know, Cook was not dust. So, I mean, this dude is going to be involved here. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a great spot. I mean, that just don't be scared about that price tag. And if you're willing to play Madison on that week, you should be willing to play Chase, Chase Edmonds on this week. Uh, that's all. I digress. Wide receivers, let's get into it, boys. Woo! We cooking up on this podcast going in. Appreciate everybody who's following along with us. DJ Nation Pod at DJ Nation.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod is where you can find us on Twitter. You see our Twitter handles right there if you're watching on the stream. Appreciate everybody who's been listening to us as well on the podcast softwares. Like, rate, and review the podcast. We appreciate all the love, uh, the comments too. Much appreciated. Let's get into wide receivers here uh, and start breaking this down from the top here. So I talked about um, Julio Jones. I think, and Maddie, I'm not sure where you see the ownership at on Julio, but I really think that it's going to come in high. I think it's high. It's high. So 7,200. I think a lot has a lot has to do with Calvin Ridley um, potentially being ruled out. You're looking at the three healthy games that Julio's played in. He's got 137 yards, I believe, 137 yards, and then the other one 97 yards. Like he he's basically just. Matt Ryan is leaning on him at basically throughout a life, uh, a lifeboat for this dude to come and save him um, from being tortured by, by defenses and struggling. So Julio Jones at 7,200, you still got to like that because he's going to do everything, especially if Ridley misses um, Deandre Hopkins at the top, but it's a tough matchup at 8,200. I don't know if I can go there. I mean, these Seattle receivers, what, the hell are we doing with these guys? I mean, Tyler Lockett finds himself in the in the better matchup this week. Uh, it was DK, I, I thought, last week, but I know Tyler Lockett's ownership uh, was high last week as well. Um, but they, they've been priced around e- each other, but they're not – well, I guess now they're $1,000 apart. So playing Lockett is, is definitely going to be – probably the move there for Buffalo slot, slot receivers against Buffalo all day. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, these two guys are just incredible what they're doing. I mean, regardless of switching in week in and week out, it, it's just been amazing. And you feel like you really miss out if you don't get the right player. But I do think you just go back to the notes, you go back to the data, you look at the matchup. Tredavious White should be on DK. And that's just going to leave Tyler Lockett open across the field to just eat up, eat up, eat up. All, all of the work there. So I think he finds himself in another good spot there if you're picking between one of the two. <laughs> I knew you were over to something something no good there. Uh, I, if you're picking between one of the two, I think you got to go lock it. I mean, Stephon Diggs <laughs> on the other side of the same game. This guy's unbelievable. Stephon Diggs on the other side in the same game, uh, 7,400. You'd love the target share that he's seeing. Even with John Brown being back, I mean, he, he's, jo- he's Josh Allen's favorite guy. Um, so I think if you're, you know, you think about game stacks, you go, you know, Russ Lockett digs there or Josh Allen digs and bring it back with Lockett. Um, love that any way that you can get it. Um, Tyreek Hill, he always has a chance to kind of break it open. Minnesota uh, wide receivers. I don't know what you do there because um, Adam Thielen's kind of got the red zone roll touchdown equity. But uh, J- Justin Jefferson, he probably will be lower owned in a lower price tag at 6,100. I could get behind some Justin Jefferson against this, this secondary for Detroit. But, um, you know, and cheap guys, I, I really like the Denver guys. Um, I would love Judy if, if Patrick was out, but he's been practicing. So I, I guess I'll have to get some exposure to Tim Patrick too if I'm playing uh, Drew Locke teams. But definitely like to get uh, some Deontay Johnson exposure once again. He's 5,000 and Darius Slayton too. He's 5,000. Now Darius Slayton, I, I don't know what, 
what people will think about him, but I'm just looking at the Giants games that we've been forced to kind of watch them on Monday night or Sunday night or Thursday night. And the plays are there. It just needs to connect. I mean, kind of in a similar way as MVS tonight. I feel like if these plays connect with Slayton and he is leaps and bounds been the alpha for this team, Danny tries to target him every week, Justin Garrett or Jason Garrett's drawn up plays for him. I, I really think that he could, you know, have some success here in this matchup against Washington. And then Deontay Johnson, I mean, he, you know, he's still at 5,000. He's, he's a cheap, you know, kind of exposure to get there. If you really don't want to, if you don't want to play Connor in that game, but you think that the Steelers are scoring points there, um, he's an explosive, uh, explosive play guy. And, and Dallas has been beat, you know, on explosive plays through the air. I don't really think that, you know, you're playing Juju there. If you see volume, I don't think they'll have to pass a lot there. So that kind of rules him out for me. And I guess maybe I have a little interest in Claypool, but I would probably lean Deontay there because of the price. Um, and I'm not really interested in, in too many other cheap guys. I do have some interest in Henry Ruggs, though, at 4900 uh, just $100 cheaper there, just because of the big playability that he has um, going against the Chargers there. As a secondary that can be attacked, and they just got rid of Desmond King, sent him over to Tennessee. So um, if he can, you know, get a, a big player or two um, in this game, that could, that could really be nice there on the uh, – on the late slate. Uh, let's start with you, Maddie. wide receiver. Talk to me. Where are you looking? Uh, I definitely think Julio's interesting up top. I just hate playing him when he's popular. Um, he's going to be looking like one of the highest owned guys on the slate. Uh, but in the three games, only three games that Ridley missed last year, Julio had a whopping 48 targets. So, I mean, Ooh. yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a significant volume uh, share for, for Julio. Um, in what, sh- what could be a high-scoring game, you know, against Denver. But at the same time, Atlanta has slowed, slowed the game down in the, their last couple games. So um, there definitely is some concern with playing a Chalky Julio there. Uh, a guy you didn't mention at the top who kind of gets lost in the shuffle with all these, these big names, but, you know, he's one of the most talented receivers in the NFL, and that's Stephon Diggs. Uh, he's third in the NFL in air yards and third in the NFL in receiving yards, and Playing against the Seattle defense, we've attacked every single week with opposing wide receivers. Uh, they're banged up. They even when they're not banged up, they suck. Uh, and and Diggs has been Josh easily Josh Allen's favorite target. I think he's got forty percent of the air yards and over thirty percent of the target share. So it's man, it's been the Stephon Diggs show in Buffalo, and he has this year. If you look at his game log, he's got games where he's either gone for a hundred yards or he scored a touchdown and he hasn't really done both except for once. And that time he did both, he scored 33 DraftKings points. And I will gladly pay 7,400 to get over 30 DraftKings points from Stefan Diggs, especially um, I, I think that, you know, maybe not a lot of people pay up for him in that game stack as well. Uh, so I, I think Diggs is going to come in lower owned than he should because of his price tag. And I think it's a mistake because we haven't seen his ceiling other than one week and that's because he hasn't put it together in the same game. He's, you know, he will score touchdowns and he will go for a lot of yards. He just needs to do it in the same game. And I think that this is the week that he can do that. I'm finally glad that DraftKings finally priced Keenan Allen up to where he needs to be. Uh, I mean, that dude's been around, what, 6K the last like three slates. And it's like, he's 40% owned, like just price him up. So um, I, I have no issue with playing Allen there against Las Vegas. He's, he's finally priced appropriately. 
Um, he's been Herbert's favorite guy. Uh, he's getting over 30% of the targets with Herbert. Um, I mentioned the Allen Robinson love. I, I think that's a very sneaky spot that whole game. Um, Tennessee's defense is not good. They've been shredded by opposing quarterbacks, and we know that Nick Foles is going to target Allen Robinson over and over and over again. So uh, in tournaments and, and that game, stacking that game, I, make sure you get Allen Robinson in. Uh, you touched on Lockett. He's my Seattle guy of the week. Taron Johnson is not a very good slot cornerback, uh, and DK Metcalf gets to face Tredavious White. So uh, definitely the edge there to Lockett in that one. Um, outside of that, Ryan, you touched on another guy I love, Deontay Johnson. He's We basically have no clue between like him, Juju, and Claypool who's going to smash. So just give me the cheapest of the three, and I'll, I'll play that guy. And, and this week it's it's Deontay, who's 5K. Um, I There's definitely merit to playing the other two guys, but I don't think there's a reason to when, you know, Deontay outside of last week has commanded a really high target share, um, mm-hmm. you know, 15, just 15 targets just two weeks ago. And in his first two games before he got hurt, 10 targets and 13 targets. So I think that's way too cheap for a guy playing against Dallas uh, who's had that, that much of a role on offense. Um, I also like John Brown in that Buffalo game. He's been out a couple – I think he missed two games with that knee injury. Um, But in the games he's played, he's getting 25% of their air yards uh, on offense. So he's he's a big play guy in in a game that they should be throwing a ton. And and you can beat Seattle, we know, with wide receivers. So um, 4,600 is definitely – it's that starts to get to the range where I'm starting to get a little less comfortable uh, with the wide receivers. And I want to take shots on guys – who don't necessarily need the volume to get there. And, and John Brown is a, is a big play, um, yeah. explosive play guy. So I, I definitely like him in that game environment. And, man, outside of the get, getting down to the cheap range outside of him, it just it gets gross pretty quickly. Yeah, no, and I, I did bring up Diggs, too. I mean, he's one of my my favorite guys, too. He, he just gets lost in the shuffle there with Bookmarks. No, we, we could. Uh, Maddie, you got any interest in uh, Cole Beasley before I move it over to Kev? because of just the target share that he's been seeing? I mean, you kind of have to have interest in him. It's just, I don't know what his ceiling is. And at 5,400. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I, feel like, I feel like he gets me 10 to 15 points. Like he's a lock for that, but I, I don't think he get he can get me 20 to 25, which paying 5,400, I need 20 to 25 definitely to, to have a shot at winning tournaments. Whereas I think, you know, let me save almost a thousand to play John Brown and hope that he catches a long touchdown. Um, Right. Like we've seen John Brown in his first two games this year, went for 19 and 18 DraftKings points, um, seeing 10 and six targets had 70 and 82 receiving yards. So John Brown has, you know, if, if they open up the playbook a little more, they've kind of been in some gross games recently. You know, like playing the Jets, that was a weird low-scoring game. Last week was the snow game, uh, snowy, rainy game against New England where they neither team threw the ball at all. Uh, There's just been some weird game flows for them the last couple weeks. But the first, like, five weeks, they were, like, the top in the top three in terms of pass rate in neutral situations. So I'm curious to see if Buffalo gets back to that, which they may have to because if Seattle's scoring on the other side – you know, they're going to have to throw the ball. So um, I think I would just rather play Diggs and Brown and Beasley would be the odd man out for me this week. That's that's fair. 
That's fair. Uh, Kev, where are you looking at with wide receiver this week? Uh, a lot of different places. I, you know, um, <laughs> I, I love the stuff on Dick's call. Uh, I'm about that life. I think I still, I actually think Keenan Allen is still too cheap. Uh, I think seven K for uh, a guy getting his kind of target volume, I think is wow. still uh, ridiculously cheap. I think he probably should be up in the six seventy six to seventy eight hundred range, especially in this matchup against the Raiders. So uh, you could almost lock him in for twelve targets. So if not more. So I, I love him. I think Will Fuller is a great play at 6,800. I am playing last week. It was all about DK Metcalf life. This week I'm playing Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Um, and so if I'm paying down at wide receiver, um, I, one, I, I really like DJ Moore at 5,600. The Chiefs have struggled with the deep ball. We even saw it last week with Denzel Mims. It was a shame that the, the Jets being the Jets and Adam Gase being Adam Gase decided not to, you know, I don't know, get Denzel Mims more involved because he's clearly the only good wide receiver they actually have. Um, and he made the, the two times that he actually got opportunities. He looked good. Um, but with that being said, I really like DJ Moore. 5,600 is way too fucking cheap for, for DJ Moore. Uh, that's one of the best plays, in my opinion, at wide receiver on the slate in terms of point per dollar, $5,600. That's just way too cheap. That is too um, cheap. Uh, in, in this matchup. So I really like DJ Moore at 5,600. I think Marquise Brown at 6K, I mean, he can boom um, on any week. And I really like this matchup for him this week. I didn't really talk uh, a ton about Lamar, but I do like Lamar this week at 6,900 just because of how cheap he is compared to all the other quarterbacks um, in that range. And if, if you want to, you know, pair him with somebody instead of just paying him naked, I think, you know, Marquise Brown is a good place to go. Um, if you're, you know, uh, so some other wide receivers, Deontay Johnson at 5K. I am a little concerned with, you know, does Pittsburgh really need to throw the ball that much? But, you know, as you guys talked about earlier with Big Ben, you know, Deontay Johnson at 5K is just ridiculously low. Um, we already talked about Hardman. It will be interesting, though, because Sammy Watkins has returned to practice. So um, so if he's back, I think that kind of limits some things of uh, guys like McCall Hardman and DeMarcus Robinson and guys like that. So um, Sammy Watkins has returned to practice. But uh, with, with um, Calvin Ridley out, uh, Russell Gage, I think, uh, squarely is in play. Let's see if he actually makes it out there. But 4500 for Russell Gage is entirely too cheap. Uh, but obviously, you know, they were pricing him mattering on, you know, Calvin Ridley and stuff like that. So um, I do like Russell Gage at 4,500 if you're paying down at wide receiver. I think Keelan Cole at 4K. Uh, I, I don't necessarily oh, hate boy. that. Um, <laughs> but Darnell Mooney, 3,900. Uh, if you're going to keep giving me a free square of Darnell Mooney, I'm going to keep playing Darnell Mooney because Darnell Mooney really – looks like I think he's legit. Like I think he's the real deal. Like I don't think this is a mirage. Like I, I think he is one hundred percent a better receiver than Anthony Miller. And they've they're making the right decision by playing him and deploying him more than what we're seeing Anthony Miller. And you know, last week you know, it was a great game, five receptions, sixty nine yards and a touchdown. But I mean, if you look at every just about every week, five targets week five, five targets week six, seven targets week seven, six targets last week. You know, in some of these games, they really haven't had to necessarily throw the ball as much, or there's been some poor matchups. So, um, Darnell Mooney, 3,900 is way too cheap for him. I, I think he probably should be 4,800, 
you know, in the, in the upper four range, in my opinion. But so at 3,900, Darnell Mooney in a matchup that we really like, uh, I really like Darnell Mooney at that price. So if, if you're wanting a, a cheap wide receiver, um, I definitely think that is uh, one direction you definitely should be looking to go. And then if you're wanting to get kind of wild or a little bit weird, I think somebody like Jalen Guyton, who at 3,100, you know, that's something more of a large field type of play. You know, I'm not playing him in a single entry or, or, or a three entry max or anything like that, but he is a super explosive wide receiver. He is their deep threat. Um, somebody that can rip off an 80 yard touchdown and at 3,100 uh, in a matchup where that I really want exposure to in this Charger Raider game. Um, I do like, you know, again, if you're multi entering $3,100 and then, you know, guys like that, I think is where you could go. But you guys already talked about some of the other guys I really like, so I wasn't really going to head on. But I think some of those other options, I think, are definitely there. I actually want to touch on something. Curious. I actually just came across this. So David Moore um, for Seattle, he missed practice today. Okay. If he's out this week, who the heck plays in his spot? Is it Freddie Swain? Probably Swain, the rookie. Swain. Like, do they yeah. even have anybody else? Uh, yeah, they have. Um, <laughs> yeah, they have that guy. You know that guy. Um, I'm looking trying to at, think actually right at, now. Looking at their team air yards, no, like their they have, chart, they've got so Metcalf and Lockett, obviously wide receivers. David Moore, Freddie Swain, and then it's Greg Olson, tight end. Chris Carson, running back. DJ Dallas, running back. Carlos Hyde, running back. Will Disley, tight end. Hollister tight end, Homer running back, and Belor fullback. That is because they don't have anybody else. They have they have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and David um, Moore, That's... Freddie Swain, David Moore, and then they have oh, Penny Hart. Oh, yeah, because, <laughs> no, because they just put Dorsett on IR. I forgot about Dorsett being put on IR. And That's I mean, low, that, that that is their depth chart. And I mean, Swain's been playing like he he's got a target in almost every game. He hasn't done anything, but that's because he's been like the fifth man in the pecking order. Like if David Moore misses, I mean, I'm not saying Swain's going to go out there and smash, but he's 3K in the highest total game of the week. I would think he would see close to five targets. I just think he's interesting if David Moore were to not play. Yeah, no, that that's crazy. I that that would be. I mean, that just makes me like Tyler Lockett even more. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And trying to figure out who that other guy would be. I mean, that's just. And not offense, to say we're going to get that twenty target game, but he'll be get peppered. I, I, I just think this offense as a whole is going to be interesting because I, I don't. I, Chris Carson's not playing this week. He hasn't practiced all week. They, they said they're basically that tomorrow they were just going to get him out there to see how he feels, um, which is not encouraging. Like I do not want to. I, I think it's definitely DJ Dallas again this is week. Is this going to be the Aaron Jones situation though that we just saw with him being rolled in on Sunday? No, I, I don't think so. No, this is completely different. This was uh, an asshole. No, yeah, yeah, it's true, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I, I know like Doctor Chow and guys like that that I really trust have said that they, they don't expect him at all to play. So it's a all foot right. injury. You're not going to mess with that. Um, and so I think it's probably DJ Dallas again this week, which uh, I got a lot of exposure to DJ Dallas. I pretty much set myself up in every lineup to be able to stick okay. DJ Dallas in, <laughs> in the lineup as we as we got that news last week. So. 4K 4K running back on a late slate hammer unowned. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. Wow. Yeah, no, that that's gonna be nice. So yeah, that's definitely gonna be something to monitor because that is a twelve o'clock 
game there on the East Coast. So I mean, we're we're gonna well, know I about think this that week though. Day. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll know Friday. I, I, I'm pretty sure because that's what they pretty much they're gonna make determination Friday if yeah. he can even get out there. So we should know tomorrow. Okay, I I can see them doing a game time decision for him, but I, I'll, I'll I'll you know defer to you, Kevin. We'll see what happens uh, on that Friday Friday practice there. Um, Two other guys at wide receiver that I just wanted to touch on real quick before we move over to tight end, as I know we're we're up against the clock here. But so Marvin Jones, no Kenny Galladay, uh, coming no off Matt of a Stafford. no Matt Stafford, that's true. But you know Chase Daniel and Chase Daniel here at the Bears um, when Mitchell Trubisky was missing. Granted, that was two years ago, but I mean he he looked for who, who's my best target. Okay, that's Allen Robinson. Go out there, and I'm not I'm not saying that Marvin Jones is Allen Robinson, but Marvin Jones is better than Marvin Hall and Danny Amendola. You know, and and so I I don't know. Maybe Daniel hasn't had a report with any of these guys, but like you're looking at that Viking secondary, and no nobody really scares me over there. So this could you know really be a, another week for Marvin Jones to kind of you know pay off that price tag at fifty one hundred. And, he, and at least where I'm seeing him, Maddie, like I, he's not get, garnering any traction. You know, maybe that's just because people are looking at the game. Hey, Vikings, you got Dalvin Cook, play him. Don't try and run it back with anybody, not touching the Lions at all. Just Dalvin Cook and move on. So that could keep his ownership down. But like to move the ball, you know, we know, we know. Marvin Jones has kind of been dusty, but we do like that he had his higher highest snap share uh, of the year last week. And Kenny Galladay was out for that game. And granted that was with Stafford, but he, he probably is one of their best options to put up points here um, in this game. So I, I just wanted to bring him up because that is a situation to highlight. So it actually, so Stafford was actually just a high risk contact. Okay. And didn't actually okay. test positive. So it looks like the first day he's eligible to be activated is Sunday. So there oh is a shot, there is an outside shot Stafford could play. It sounds like so if that's okay. the case, like you like you open the show with, people are getting married to their builds early in the week, and they're saying, yeah. okay, well I'm not going to have any Matt Matt Stafford's not playing this week, so I'm not going to have any Marvin Jones. Well, if Mar- if Matt Stafford is in Minnesota's defense is horrible. I mean they've gotten shredded by everybody. So I absolutely would be okay with you playing Marvin Jones if Stafford does in fact play. Yeah, that, that would be interesting there. I mean, that would definitely up my exposure. 100%. Yeah, just keep – yeah, so keep your eyes on that situation because it sounds like that's going to be something we hear about Sunday morning. Right. And and then, Sunday, like you said, Maddie, like Sunday, it, there's not enough time to adjust for people, especially when it comes at that, you know, 90 minutes before the slate locks. It was the Dalvin Cook thing. Like, it just was not enough time for people to kind of – Get off of – I'm so married to Kareem Hunt. I loved this game all week. Now the weather's bad. These running backs are going to see a ton of t- touches. Uh, I have to still play this guy. He's in a, just as great of a spot. And it's yeah. not always going to work out that way where, you know, those guys end up breaking the slate. That just would so happen. But those are those are possibilities. Uh, Matty, the other guy that I wanted to touch on here, and I just lost him again, so uh, bear with me. I did want to bring him up. Damn it. Uh, I, I guess we kind of we touched on uh, Marquise Brown, and so Marquise Brown saw his lowest target total of the year last week, and then got on Twitter and complained about it. And then Harbaugh <laughs> had to address the media. He deleted it, 
Uh, but Harbaugh addressed the media and just said, you know, he's too good of a of a player for us to, you know, he he knows that he knows what he means to the team, kind of coach speak, yada yada yada. Uh, squeaky will narrative there for Marquise Brown this week in Indy, or what's going on there? For me, no, just because Indy's defense they play back and keep everything in front of them, and we know Marquise Brown he his style is to get behind the defense and catch those, those deep passes. So, I mean, I I guess maybe if they were to use him differently, but until they do that, until they use him on slants and, you know, comebacks and crossers and not just, you know, the deep posts and goes and all that. So I'm going to make, make him burn me um, before I, I play him in this matchup. That's that's how I feel, too. That's how I feel, too. Uh, I guess the other guy and it, it really kind of is just one of those spots where I'm not going to look to play him on, you know, builds unless I kind of need money to save. But we got T.Y. Hilton injured in Indy, um, you know, Pittman and uh, Johnson are out there. And then Pascal's the other guy who's kind of been one of Rivers favorite targets there. Pascal's forty three hundred. Uh, Hilton hasn't been officially ruled out. I'm not sure what his practice status was for today. I know you missed Wednesday, but if, you know, you need kind of some uh, ownership to save there, what these indie guys who come in there, I mean, Johnson is, I think he's the minimum. Uh, Pittman's not, not that much higher price than them. And then Pascal's 4,300. So actually there's a lot of sharp money coming in on the Colts this week. I want to say I'm trying to find it, but I want to say the Ravens are dealing with banged up corners. Oh, that's right. No, because of the Marlon Humphrey th- situation with COVID. Oh, is he on the COVID list? Marlon Humphrey is. Yeah, COVID. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. on the COVID list. I forgot about that. So okay. yeah, all the yeah, he was like, the one that Judon is like close contact. Uh, there was another guy in the secondary who's close contact. Go go ahead, Kevin. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was going to say, yeah, he, the, he was the one that got ruled um, after the game on um, Sunday or on, on Sunday, on Monday. He got uh, put on the COVID list. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of interesting there. I mean, I don't uh, really usually have interest in playing any guys from Indy like ever. But if T.Y. is going to be out. And Jimmy Smith if, didn't practice yesterday either. I haven't seen today's. OK, and we know Philip Rivers is DGAF. I mean, so that's just kind of what intrigues yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, if they're missing Jimmy Smith and Humphrey, you absolutely can play their wide receivers. There we go. There we go. Not even not even I mean, factoring the injury in there. Especially <laughs> with yeah, especially with Ty out. Right. If, right. If he's out. No, crazy there. So yeah, I just wanted to touch on that before we move on to tight ends. But let's let's get it over to tight ends, guys, so we can uh, put a bow on this week nine podcast here. And so we got uh, Travis Kelsey at the top, seventy two hundred. I mean, he's leaps and bounds at the top. Uh, the next closest one, I believe, is Waller at uh, fifty eight hundred on DraftKings there. Mm. And um, and then Hawkinson at fifty one hundred. Those are your five. K and above tight ends this week. And so, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of ownership will come in on, on those four guys. Um, And Hawkinson's kind of, you know, been playing well. So we, I, we touched on Marvin Jones a little bit. I kind of have some interest in Hawkinson here. 
um, especially if it is Stafford, if, if Stafford does get ruled in, you know, and Stafford's kind of been the guy to, to pepper him as of late. Um, the snapshots are going up as of late. So um, he's coming around getting some touchdowns there. Uh, you know, Waller, he people will go back to him, I feel like, from last week because they played him last week and uh, they want exposure to that game. So I feel like he's definitely going to be popular. I mean, Travis Kelsey, like I've said, it's Travis Kelsey. I mean, I, I won't fault anybody for trying to play him, but 7,200, you really need that multi-score game from him because you're looking at his his game locks there. And when he doesn't score twice, like he's not reaching that the, to pay off the price tag. Um, so that's really where you, what you're paying for and feel comfortable with. But as we look at some of these cheap guys, I mean, I couldn't believe seeing the slate for the first time that Mark Andrews 4,800, but I, I guess touched on our bus. That's kind of what that gets you to. But, um, you know, this is a scenario here where, uh, Mark Andrews has been one of Lamar's guys. Like it's Marquise Brown, it's Mark Andrews, and that's it, I, that who he leans on. And so for the Ravens to, to, be in this game, put up points, you know, Lamar bounce back, whatever, like it has to come through Andrews. And at 4,800, if he's not going to see, you know, ownership as some of these top guys are, then I definitely have interest in him. And then the other guy for me, because I'm really just, I think I want to pay down this week if I'm not playing for Kelsey. Like I, I kind of don't really have Waller interest outside of builds there. Same with Hunter Henry, who's 4K, but I, I get the play. But Noah Fant, 4,600, like, I'm just going to play him against Atlanta. I mean, how many more ma- matchups do we need to see against this uh, against this team for, for people to want to just lock and load and play their tight ends? Um, even Ian Thomas for Carolina last week. This dude's been dead all year and, you know, gets the revitalized matchup of facing Atlanta. And, and lo and behold, you know, he, he ends up making himself fantasy relevant. So, um, love with what Noah fans been able to do. And I think that people will look at it and you're looking at the end zone targets that uh, Albert O is seeing uh, five, I believe in the past three weeks, but he had that one game where he went bananas where Noah Fant was out and they just couldn't connect um, with those. So uh, I think last week um, it was like nine targets to one, something crazy like that for fans. So uh, fan is leaps and bounds to the guy here for drew lock and has been um, even with the Missouri connection there with Albert. So I, I love getting to some Noah Fant this week. That's pretty much where I'm at this week, boys. Uh, Kev, what say you at tight end? Yeah, I love Noah Fant. Um, the best matchup this week uh, on the slate against uh, against tight ends. The Falcons have uh, allowed eight passing to, or eight touchdowns to tight ends so far this year. Um, you know, 534 yards. They're second. You know, they'll have the second most receiving yards to tight end. So it is it, it is a great matchup for Noah Fant. Um. Really, the only thing that that really concerns I, I don't know why he's not running more routes than what he is because he's not really a blocking tight end, so it doesn't really make any sense that he's playing seventy seven percent of the snaps, but he's only running about twenty six routes per game. It, it doesn't really equate to me of, of what they're using or, or the way they're utilizing him because he no fan by no means is a he. I mean, he is a you know um, a move tight end, right? Like, I mean, he is a, he is a receiving tight end. He is not somebody who blocks, but other than that, I mean, he's still eighth in air yards. Um, you know, so th- there's a sixth in target share is getting 20% of the target. So I love Noah Fant, um, at, at his price. Um, I think I really would like to play Johnny Smith, but I don't know how many more times we can keep going back to that. Well, because the last couple of weeks they're just not really targeting, but I mean Johnny Smith at thirty nine hundred is uh, certainly intriguing. 
And then, you know, you mentioned I really like Darren Waller at 5,800. And then um, Hunter Henry, I, I, I like him too at 4K. That's that's fair. And you, and you, you like uh, Herbert and, and Carr too. Uh, a lot too, Kev. So I, that that definitely makes a lot of sense in game stats to get exposure to a 4K tight end um, in that position. Maddie, wh- where where are you looking at with tight ends? Uh, Mark Andrews is interesting. 5800 is like the first time I've seen him. I think under 5K in a while. But the Colts have given up only 220 receiving yards and zero touchdowns to the tight end position this year. So. They have absolutely dominated opposing tight ends, um, which concerns me, especially when, like Kev said, you've got Atlanta who gives up the most receiving yards and most touchdowns to tight ends. Right. Uh, and Fan is, is 200 cheaper. Um, so I like both of those guys. Uh, I probably side with Fan over Andrews. It's just, man, 4,800 is, is too cheap for a guy that has a role like Andrews has. Um, it's kind of like the, the volume thing you talked about with the running backs, Ryan. Uh, you know, just kind of playing guys, even though they're not in the best of matchups just guys that are getting volume. Um, Evan Ingram is interesting to me at 4,300. He's over the last two games, he's seen 19 targets uh, and he's getting 27% of the air yards and 27% of the target share in that. And over those two games, um, I would expect McLaurin gets to see a ton of, of James Bradbury. Um, and, you know, maybe his volume, McLaurin's volume goes down a touch and, and Ingram's stays up where it's at. The issue is I think that's a gross, low-scoring game. Uh, and, you know, the Giants may not have a ton of opportunities to score touchdowns. So, But back to the volume in a good matchup, Washington is among the worst in defending the tight end. So I, I think that's inter- interesting. Um, and then the one punt guy down at 3,300 is uh, Jordan Akins. He should be back Jordan this Akins, week. Yeah. yeah, he should be back <laughs> this week for Houston uh, playing Jacksonville. Again, I don't know how much Houston's going to throw if they get up a ton, but, I mean, Aikens is their pass-catching tight end. We've seen Fells do well in Aikens' absence, uh, but that's that's Aikens', that's Aikens uh, offense right. at the tight end position in the past game. Fells is more of a blocker. So uh, I, I do have interest in Aikens at 3,300. I, I just – with no Minshew on the other side, I just get weary about how much volume Watson's going to have and – I could see, you know, maybe only two or three targets for the tight end position there. So, but he's cheap. Um, He could definitely catch a touchdown at 3,300. So I I do have some interest. I I, I will say this. Um, I just want to say this really really quickly to give some context to the Colts. And I hope people look at the things that you just mentioned. And because I think that, so if you look at who the Colts have played this year, they really haven't played any tight end. I, um, I didn't go back and look, but I was, I didn't so have they, the they, time to go look. Week but. one, week mm-hmm. one, they played the Jags. I mean, I guess Tyler Eifert, you know, is the tight end that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not that you're worried about that. They played right. the Vikings week two. Um, again, that was mm-hmm. before they were really utilizing Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph was never utilized. And then they played the Jets week three. Before they played the, the Bears, which, you know, Jimmy Graham, I guess. But, again, not really some, you know, elite mm-hmm. tight end. Right. Then they played the Browns. Now, Austin Hooper in that game caught seven passes for 60 yards. And then against the Bengals, again, no t- – I mean, Drew Sample. And then uh, against the uh, the Lions and TJ Hawkinson last week, Hawkinson had six receptions for 57 yards, just didn't have a touchdown. So I think, I think that, yeah, seven for 65 is what he did. Um, 
So I, I think that you, I mean, I, I, I would lean more towards less that they're just a lead against tight ends and more so it's, that they just haven't played any tight yeah. ends. Yeah, I definitely agree after after going through those teams. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's that's horrendous. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, you're number one, right? I mean, God, Kyle Rudolph and and Jimmy Graham and and those these guys that Tyler Eifert that we're bringing up, I mean, just dust wide receiver or dust tight ends that they're going against and just not good players and Chris Herndon uh, that they're going against. So, I mean, him, him, Waller and Kelsey are probably the only three that have 20 point upside, right? And Kelsey 7,200, Waller 58, and then Andrews is 4,800. Well, so, so I wanted to, uh, to talk about, uh, if Ridley's out and Kev brought up Russell Gage, but like, what are we doing with Hayden Hurst? Because Hayden Hurst is forty one hundred, and he's out there to catch passes uh, on the field there um, against Denver. So to, I, to I'm not going to say he has twenty point upside, but he should have a, a decent role here. To be honest, I think I'm going to end up underweight on that game. The game just something about it. It just feels trappy. Like okay. the, Bron- the Broncos guys are going to be popular because of their prices. Atlanta has really slowed down the last couple of weeks in terms of throwing the ball and, and playing at a slower pace. Like that Carolina game last week should have been nuclear. And it was not. It was slow. It was gross. And But does that have a lot to do with how Teddy plays and kind of what they were getting out from Mike Davis where he's not really, you know. I mean, it was a, and it was a weather-related game too. And then Bridgewater leaves the game. So it's like – they kind of the Carolina kind of yeah. had to get their feet set with with Walker coming in and getting it set. I, I hear what you're saying, Maddie, and 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 I, that's kind of why I started talking about the slate yeah. in general. Like it just there aren't a lot of spots that I really feel comfortable about getting production. But when it is that case, Maddie, I do agree to your point that you should not be looking at pieces outside of Julio from that game to take as one offs. Like when I'm talking about Hayden Hurst, like I'm pl- I'm playing him with with Matt Ryan. I'm playing him, you know, in Julio and a run back on on Denver. You know, you game environments they can make up for for that type of thing. So outside of Julio, there's really I don't see a guy who's going to you know break this slate open to where you oh damn I didn't have Tim Patrick naked or I didn't have Judy naked right. like I don't really I don't really see that. So a lot of the times when we talk about these guys too, it does have a lot to do with the game environment and how your team is built. And really, only Julio should be an isolated guy from that game. Yeah, I, I think I agree. But you know, if 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 Ridley's out, I, I think I do have some interest in in Hurst in, in games where you know I'm playing like Drew Drew Locke and and yeah. Judy, and maybe I want to get leverage on Fant just in case he doesn't get there. Or I play Ryan and Julio and and Hurst, not Fant, and then run it back with one of the right receivers. So I that's that's kind of what I what I wanted to bring it up for. Yeah, I I think I agree with the take on that game. I think you stack it or play Julio and maybe Fant as a one off and just kind of right. be done with it because it, yeah, it just yeah, feels like Fant would be okay it's going to be yeah. I think it's going to be too popular. Like just those Denver prices, everybody's going to see Denver versus Atlanta at forty seven, like Judy forty seven hundred, Fant forty six. Those guys are going to be so popular, right? And if that game just disappoints which there is a path. I mean, there's a path to Denver being awful and there's a path to Atlanta wanting to play slower for some reason the last couple of weeks, especially without Ridley, like without Ridley, they could just, you know, feed Gurley on a, 
they, they played last week. They played on – it was a short week. They played on Thursday. So that's why I kind of well, we saw more Brian Hill action. But now they've had 10 days to rest. Like, we could see more Gurley this week. So, I don't – man, I don't know. That game is – I've got still got a couple nights to think about it. But that game is going to yeah, be yeah, yeah. nightmares. I, I hear you. I hear you. But the leverage on the field, at, at least at this point, yeah. you know, could definitely be nice because – how many people are going to play Julio isolated, you know? Right. Um, so, but I do, I do like Matt Ryan and Julio Stacks, which kind of got me on that game um, in general, because you could just get all the Falcons points there from those two guys. And it's, it's nice. Um, anything else that tied in before we move on to defense to, to put a bow on this? I'm all right. Good. I'll take that as, I'll take that as no. So we got defense. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers log out, right? Oh, wait, they're 4,900. 5K for defense, uh, which I think we've seen. We've actually seen 5K, I believe, this year, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to go back and look through these logs here. But I I do think there was somebody who was priced at five, which which is absolutely insane. But Steelers come in at at 4,900, top of the slate. And, you know, they're going against – they're not going against Danucci. They're going against Cooper Rush or – Garrett Gilbert, I believe, is the other guy. Um, yikes. With that O-line, yikes. But uh, does that make you feel comfortable of, of playing a defense at the high variant position? And you know what this feels like to me. And it, listen, I'm not going to have a better defensive call probably like ever than the Miami Dolphins last week. So I'm just going to take that for what it is and just, you know, let that ride. And I'm not going to try and, you know, go back and try and chase that on somebody that's 4,900. I mean, I think I really just think people are going to get stuck in the way of I have to have that defense that goes out and gets 25 to 30 points. And it's like, well, I mean, I guess the Steelers could get you there. But like, what are you sacrificing on your builds to to kind of do that? So uh, for me this week, I, I'm looking at Carolina there. They're going against Miami, uh, going against Tua. I want to see what Tua can actually do. Uh in, you know, in a game where the defense isn't necessarily carrying him the whole way. So Kyler puts up some points, Chase Edmond puts up some points and let's see him drop back and, and kind of have to throw it a lot. And then I, I did have some, I did have a little bit of interest in the Vikings defense. They're 2,400 and I know they can't really stop anybody, but if Chase Daniel was out there, then I feel like they could maybe, you know, fall into some leverage plays or kind of contain the Detroit Lions enough to where they're not putting up points there to knock their score down. Um, but I mean, there's, there's really not a lot that's jumping off at the page. So hopefully maybe you guys can talk to me about some stuff. Cause I do feel like, I mean, I think people will play Washington at 3,400, which I, I don't mind that, um, again, in this matchup, these teams have already played and it's Danny Dimes, So that's fine. But I, I still want to try and save some salary. Um, and then I think Tennessee, I'm not sure what ownership is on them now, but Tennessee against Chicago after the Saints, you know, just put up some numbers against Chicago too. But like you said, Kev and Maddie, I think you touched on this. Tennessee just doesn't get pressure. I mean, their secondary is not great. And so like they can hold teams, but are they really going to put up those defensive, you know, sack number points that we're looking for? Or, you know, I guess you're banking on a multiple interception game from Foles to kind of, you know, get some equity there, but they just don't, they just don't entice me. Um, from a unit standpoint of, you know, really getting DFS points and they're priced up because it's the Bears. So uh, it's Cardinals and and maybe cheaper than that. And that's where I'm at. Kev, what about you? Yeah, there's a couple of different ways. Um, Minnesota is intriguing mm-hmm. at 2,400. 
but they just don't get any pressure. I mean, they only have eight sacks on the season all year and are 27th in adjusted sack rates uh, on the season. So it's really trust us uh, to even trust that, you know, are they going to be able to get pressure on this, on this, um, on Chase Daniel and Chase Daniel's really not someone that typically turns the ball over that much. Like he is kind of like an Alex Smith type where he is just your simple game manager. So I don't know if, if, if like, if I'm paying down at that price, I think like that may be somewhere that I would look, but that like, there's nobody else that really intrigues me. Like in the lower 2k range, Um, I think the giants definitely do at 2,700. That's probably where I would start to look um, for some options here. Um, but I think the Giants are our place that I definitely want to go. Uh, the Texans, I think the Texans are going to be super popular, and I don't know if I'm going to uh, fight that 3100. They're not a good defense, and I don't know. I just feel like I I would be surprised if they're one of the highest owned defenses on the slate because they're playing Jacksonville with right. a, a rookie quarter or a quarterback that's never played in the NFL before. Uh, I don't know if I want to do that. I may have some exposure, but it ain't going to be much. But I really also like in that same game that I just mentioned, Washington at 3,400 is also super interesting because Daniel Jones is probably going to fumble the ball at least once. He's going to throw an interception. Um, he makes a lot of terrible decisions. So I do like the Washington football team at 3,400 too. I think those, both of those defenses, I think, will will carry some weight there and be popular because of the quarterbacks on either side. Maddie, what where are you at this week for defense? Uh, I like that Giants call, 2,700 against Washington. That's a great – the Giants defense has quietly been actually pretty good this year um, outside of a couple games. But I so I like them. They consistently get pressure on the quarterback, and Kyle Allen's not anything special. Um, and then keep going back to this game, Denver and Atlanta. I kind of like the Falcons' defense. Uh, they've got five sacks in the last two weeks. They're starting to – the Falcons are just starting to play slower. Um, they haven't given up more than 23 points in the last four games. Um, and Drew Locke can turn the ball over, and he will take sacks. So I think Atlanta is interesting, especially if Denver is going to be popular. It's an interesting large field defense to play, 2,500. I yeah, I don't, that, that, I don't uh, mind that at all. I mean, Raheem Morris there being at the helm has definitely – you know, that's definitely one of the things I think he looked to address with Dan Quinn getting fired and – like it said, really has they, been. It's been, I guess, since Dan Quinn's been fired, is they've switched to you know playing slower and playing better defense, really. But they've been right. playing slower on offense, which I guess could could help the defense because they're not on the field as much. So, um, yeah, I mean, five sacks in the last two games. It's, they're starting to get more pressure on the quarterback, and I think Denver, you can definitely get pressure on them. You love it. You love it. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it for the week nine uh, main slate there. Let's uh, pull up this DraftKings build here. Five dollar uh, single entry in the huddle there on DraftKings. Build a team. Uh, Maddie, I think it's been a while since you've started off the build. So why don't you make it known to the masses kind of where we're leaning at this week uh, on our build? All right. Let's go. Uh, you know what? I never go quarterback. But I'm going to do it this week. Let's go. Let's go with – which way do I want to take this? This is this is interesting. This is it. This is, this is the – this the dictates everything. This dictates everything. Let's go with Josh Allen. That's who I was going to say. I was, it was between him and Russ. I think that's my favorite game of the All week. Right. And I, I think yeah. game stacking that thing up is – it makes a ton of sense. Uh, Kev, why don't you take it over since you were 
the encouragement Diggs. there. All right, and I'm going to put Lockett in. So we got the Allen, Diggs, Lockett stack Load, of that game. Loaded up one more, John Brown. Kev, what say you? <laughs> I'm going to go with Justin Jackson. Okay, there we go. Save some salary there. So just for you guys that are building along or following along with us right now, we got Josh Allen in at quarterback. Uh, Justin Jackson, one of the two running back spots, and our three receivers are from that same game. John Brown, Stephon Diggs, Tyler Lockett. Uh, 48-25 per player. Should I just go ahead and throw in Derrick Henry? Um, no, I digress. Uh, let's see. I want to... I do, I do like getting exposure to KC in some way, shape, or form. So let's just see what we can do with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire there at 6,100. Put him in for now and see if we need to play around or pivot if there's some ways to go. 4,400 left per position. Mark Andrews. Kev slot or a slot. Flex or defense? You can go Giants and DJ Moore or D- David Johnson or Claypool. Mm, give me Henry Ruggs. Oh, I like that. But, all right, so Ruggs, and there's nothing that we can – he's a late slate, so that's fine. And then let's just throw in Washington defense there at home against the Giants and Danny Dimes at 3,400, 100 left on the table. So uh, for you guys who are building at home, let's recap this team. That's going to be Josh Allen, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Justin Jackson, John Brown, Stefan Diggs, Tyler Lockett, Mark Andrews, Henry Ruggs, Washington football team. That's that's the that's the build. Hundred dollars left on the table. Submitting that into the five dollar sixty k huddle single entry. In case anybody wants to get in there, follow along with the team, or, or just play along in general. We appreciate that. And that's going to do it for the Week Nine DraftKings breakdown here from the Degen Nation Pod. We appreciate everybody who's been rocking out with us on the, on the show here as we uh, just passed the halfway point of the season. It's been a fun ride. We appreciate DJ Nation coming out, showing out in droves. Appreciate all the love that we're getting. Make sure you guys are following along uh, with us on Twitter at DJ Nation Pod. You guys can go onto your podcasting softwares, find us, like, rate, review the show. Go to the YouTube channel there right at the bottom of the screen if you're watching along, or if not, it's the Fantasy Authority. Just find it on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. That's where we got content coming out all all week long. Redraft shows, dynasty content, uh, DFS content as well uh, on, on the weekend. So um, appreciate having all you guys, and we are going to see you next week for the Week 10 DraftKings Breakdown. But until then, signing off for Maddie. MVS, Maddie DFS on Twitter is where you can find him. The Godfather, Kevin Steele at Fantasy Rat 13, and myself at Ryan Alexander underscore W is where you can find us on Twitter. We'll see you guys next week for the Week 10 breakdown. Until then, get that money. Peace. You think you can tell me what to do? You know who you're talking to? Yeah, you stood the